Week 9, year 2020 on the Cult Food and Book Show with Antoine Lewis. And here he is back for the attack. What's up, my friend? How's it going, Rishi? All good, buddy. And this is really a bumper time or a pleasant surprise, uh, more more than it, for book lovers. Two books today. Absolutely. The first one's called Stolen Focus. A book on our inability to stay focused. Sounds like an extremely pertinent subject to be exploring, considering how difficult it has become to pay attention, even for short periods of time. And Gen Z, my oh my, <laughs> they have the attention span of a, I don't even know what to, uh, to compare it with. Well, just to correct you there, Rishi, and uh, because like everyone else, uh, you mistakenly believe that we've lost, and including the younger generation, the ability to focus. However, in Stolen Focus, Why You Can't Pay Attention, which was released in January this year, Johan Hari argues that while we think it is our inability to focus as a, is a personal failing, a flaw in each one of us, actually it is not. This has been done to all of us by powerful external forces. Our focus has, in fact, been stolen. And we are living, what he calls in, an attentional pathogenic culture, which is an environment in which sustained and deep focus is extremely hard for all of us. And you have to swim upstream to achieve it. Now, Johan Hari is a writer and journalist. He's written for the New York Times, Le Monde, Guardian, other newspapers. His TED Talks have been viewed over 70 million times. And his work has been praised by a broad range of people from Oprah to Noam Chomsky. About this book, Hillary Clinton has said that uh, she's praised it for tackling the profound dangers facing humanity from information technology and ringing the alarm bell for what all of us must do to protect ourselves, our children, and our democracies. So to understand why we have lost our ability to focus, what are the causes, and most importantly, how do we get it back? Uh, Hari went on a three-year journey to uncover the reasons behind our shortening attention spans. So he interviewed the leading experts in the world on attention and learned that everything we think about the subject is wrong. Crucially, he learned how as individuals and as a society, we can get our focus back if we are determined to fight for it. Now, how is our focus being stolen from us? I would imagine, and you know, my mind uh, immediately pops up saying technology because we become addicted to our screens. Tell all. So Hari points out 12 ways in which it's being stolen from us. And these start actually from the time of the Industrial Revolution. However, the technological age accelerated this process and the pandemic pushed it at warp speed. Uh, some of the reasons are obvious. We sleep less. We work longer hours. Uh, when we eat, we usually eat badly. We don't exercise enough. Our bodies are constantly under stress, which makes it difficult to focus. But there are other things as well, like children don't get enough opportunity to physically play and interact with other children. Education has become about rote learning and not about what children are interested in. And several studies have shown that if you allow a child to follow their interests, they will on their own, out of passion, start focusing, which is why I think Stolen Focus is a particularly important book for parents. Wow, fascinating. Well, overload of books and I'm not complaining. This one's called Eating to Extinction, and Antoine Lewis joins us to talk about it. A book that focuses on food rather than animals, birds, and fish going extinct is rather unusual. Obviously, our diets and food habits have changed, but are foods really endangered, Antoine? 
Yes, and uh, the numbers are stark uh, of the roughly 6,000 different plants once consumed by human beings, only nine remain major staples today. And just three of these, rice, wheat and corn, now provide 50% of all our calories. So in eating to extinction, the world's rarest foods and why we need to save them, Dan Saladino has attempted to document the most ancient foods that are under severe threat before they disappear completely. Uh, Saladino is a renowned food journalist and he's worked at the BBC for 25 years. And for more than a decade, he has traveled the world recording stories of food at risk of extinction. Uh, these are from cheeses made in the foothills of a remote Balkan mountain range to unique varieties of rice grown in southern China. And his work has been recognized by the James Beard Foundation, the Guild of Food Writers and the Fortnum and Mason Food and Drink Awards. Wow, incredible credentials. In terms of access to food resources, globally, we are calorie sufficient, if not in excess. So why exactly should we worry about a couple of rice varieties or a few orange varieties going extinct is my logical question. Well, one issue is centralized control. The source of much of the world's seeds is mostly in the control of just four corporations. 95% of milk consumed in the United States, for instance, comes from just a single breed of cow. And half of the world's cheese is made with bacteria or enzymes made by one company. One in four beers drunk around the world is a product of one brewer. But also when we lose diversity and foods become endangered, we not only risk the loss of traditional foodways, but also flavors, smells, textures that may never be experienced again. However, the most troubling issue is the consolidation of our food has many other steep costs, including a lack of resilience in the face of climate change, pests, parasites. Our food monoculture is a threat to our health and to the planet. Now, all varieties of a particular species of edible plant do not grow in all climatic conditions. Take the case of Turkish Kavilka wheat. It's an ancient emmer type of wheat that grows only in poor soil, 1500 meters above sea level and can withstand winters of minus 30 degrees and heavy snow. Or take the case of the Memang Narang from the Garo Hills of Meghalaya, which could be amongst the most ancient citrus species. So these bitter oranges uh, have been used as a remedy for colds, stomach aches, and perhaps even smallpox. They also contain high levels of antimicrobial compounds, which act as natural in insecticides. And this is all important because you've got to remember that one million people perished in the Irish potato famine of 1845 because of monocropping. And if we don't preserve our natural diversity, imagine what would happen in a world where we monocrop globally now. Wow, eye-openers, all of that. Fantastic. Antoine, thanks for your time. Uh, I look forward to speaking with you next week. Sure, Rishi. Take care. Check him out on Instagram at Antoine Lewis.